You know, this conference has indeed been a blessing in my life, just seeing a lot of young people, thousands of young people giving their lives to God, heeding the call of discipleship, going to the campus, making an impact to the next generation. That's the battle cry of this conference. And that's why the theme is set apart, because we desire that every single one of us will be set apart. We live a holy kind of life. Why don't you turn to your seatmate and say, I praise God that you are here today. You know, I know that I'm not the only one who was blessed in this conference. I know every single one of us are blessed because of what happened here. And this conference wouldn't have happened, of course, first and foremost, because of our God. He's in control. He's the one who made it happen. But also because of the men and women, amazing men and women that God mightily used, the volunteers. So can I just call them to be up here or here in front? Can we just welcome all the volunteers, please? You mga ushers. Come on, let's give a shout to these people. Ayan, there you go. Our ushers, the tech team, they're up there. Some of them nasa baba. Um, the stage design, do you like the stage design? So volunteers yan. The dancers, some of the dancers are here. Go. Ito kay Sarah, we want to acknowledge you. We want to honor you guys, and we want everyone here to appreciate each and every one of you. So, na bless ba kayo with their service? There you go. So, can we again applaud them and thank God? Thank you, guys. You know, these young men and women, actually not all are young men and women. Some of them young ones, but they chose to serve and make an impact in the lives of the next generation. And it's not just full-time workers. Some of them are full-time workers from Elevate, but a lot of them are volunteers who chose and decided, I'm going to serve. I'm going to make sure that this is going to be exciting and that all of you will be blessed. So why don't we all stand and let's pray for them. Let's raise our hands. Let's pray for each and every one of them as we commit them to the Lord. And let's thank God for how He used each and every one of them mightily. Let's all pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this conference. Indeed, the reason why this is here is because of you. The reason why this conference is here, you made it happen. It's because of your power. It's because of your grace. But we also want to thank you because you've used these amazing men and women who've decided to serve you, Lord, who've decided to volunteer and make this conference an amazing event. But we pray for each and every one of them that you would bless them. We pray that you would strengthen their hearts We pray that they will be diligent in following you. They will be faithful because you are faithful. I pray, Lord God, that you would restore the energy, the strength that they will use, Lord God, to serve you. And I pray, Lord, that they will continue to be a blessing to many more people. Protect them, Lord, from the attacks of the evil one. Keep them always healthy. Keep them always faithful and devoted to you. And again, we appreciate every single one of them. We give you glory, and I pray, Lord, that you speak to all of us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you, volunteers. Okay, you may now be seated. As we close our conference, ayan, sige, bye. You will still see them. They will still be down there. They will welcome you. Um, but if you can approach any one of them, appreciate you lang sila. Thank you for serving. Thank you for giving your time, your, your effort, energy to the Lord. Because a lot of them, they're really volunteers. And a lot of them, nagpuyat talaga sila just to serve God and to serve you guys. Okay, as we close this, this entire conference, let's read again our theme verse 
the passage of this conference in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. Can we read this together? But just as He called you is holy, so what? Be holy in all you do. This is God's calling to all of us. And that word holy, it means set apart. Can you ask your seatmate, holy ka na ba? Or holy ka na? Okay? Are you holy? Are you set apart? Because it's easy sometimes to say, I'm going to live a holy kind of life. I'm going to be set apart. But after each conference, I've experienced this. I've, I've attended a lot of conferences. And I am inspired, really, with the messages, with the praise and worship. But after that, when you go out of the worship hall, when you go out of that conference, and you go to the real world, and you experience your difficult classmates, do you have difficult classmates, or are you the ones difficult? Don't answer that, okay? So when you go to back to your families, you have challenging realities there. What are you going to do? Are you still going to continue living a holy kind of life? A set-apart kind of life. And when you say the word holy, or when you say set-apart, it means that we are following also God's mission for us. When we say, Lord, I'm holy, I'm set-apart for you, para kay Lord ka, I'm gonna serve you, my entire life is yours. Parang ganito yan eh. Who uses your toothbrush? Ano, sina? Sina nagsabing may iba pang gumagamit? Wala, di ba? The one who uses our toothbrush is only us. Even if you go to a retreat and your best friend doesn't have a toothbrush, you're not going to give it to your best friend and say, Sige na nga, you can borrow it for five minutes. Ha? You're not going to do that. The toothbrush is set apart for you. That's what it means when you say, I'm set apart for the Lord. Okay, Lord, my life is yours. Use it for your glory. I am totally yours. That's what it means when you hear the word holy. So when you say, okay, I need to be holy in all that I do, it involves God's mission for you and for me. And what is God's mission for you and for me? Let's read this together. In Matthew chapter 28, and if you're from CCF, you know this already, and even if you're from other churches, you know that this is God's mission to all of us. So can we read this loudly as we can? One, two, three, go. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Our senior pastor would love to always ask this question. What is the main verb of the passage? Yung action word. Is it go? Is it make disciples? Actually, give away na kasi naka-highlight. What's the main verb? Make disciples. This is our calling. If we are to go there and be set apart for the Lord, it means, okay, I, I need to do this. This is my role. This is the, one of the last statements that Jesus said before he ascended to heaven. So it means this is very serious. And I just want to go back to what JC pointed out earlier. The, the, the booklet, Impact, if you're from other, another church, you can also use this. We're going to release the video next week, the first video, because our desire is that every single one of you will start your own discipleship group. Who among you are already leading your own discipleship group? Can you raise your hands? By the way, can you just stand up? And those who are leading your own discipleship group, can you stand up? Yan, our small group. Even if you're from another church, as long as you're... There you go. Yan, okay. Okay, just remain standing. Now, I want to see naman, if you are a leader and you are leading 
leaders. Meaning to say, you are a leader, you're discipling a group of people, and one of those disciples of yours, you're, are, they're leading. Can you remain standing? And for those na wala, just sit down. It means you're a multiplier. There. Okay? Palakpakan naman natin yung mga yan. Okay, let's appreciate these people. So why am I saying this? Because this is the challenge. And if you're seated beside someone who's not yet leading, or can you just tell your seatmate, you are called to make disciples? Can you just do that? Yung mga nakaupo, yung hindi pa nagdi-disciple. Okay, every one of you, you can just sit down now, okay? Kasi I saw a lot of people, they didn't, you didn't stand up. This is the calling that God has given us. So I want you, my challenge to you, you use this material, it's very easy. You can use this material and you tell, you, you, can, you can invite your classmates, hey, you want to make an impact in this world? You know that every single person today, they want to make a positive impact in this world? They want to do that. They want to make a difference. That's why on Facebook, they post a lot of th- things, a lot of stuff. They want to influence people. So you can do that. You can lead. You can make a difference. So use this material. Even there are many materials that you can use. But if you want, you can use this material. It's very easy. Because this is, this is part of being holy. And the problem is this. Our problem is we lose sight of God's mission for us. We're so excited with conferences like this. And there's nothing wrong with conferences like this. We're so excited with concerts. And there's nothing wrong with praise and worship concerts. We're so excited with retreats. And there's nothing wrong with retreats. But we lose sight on God's mission for us. If there's one thing that Jesus left here on earth, one phrase, that's what he said. Disciples, you are to go and make disciples. Peter, John, Matthew, every single one of you, you know that I have the authority. You know that I died and rose again. So now I want you to go and make disciples. This is God's mission for all of us. But that's our problem. We lose sight of God's mission. We get sidetracked. I've experienced that a lot of times. I've been in the youth ministry for over two decades, 10 years as a full-time worker. And I'm not that old, okay? I'm still young. Someone said, actually, Chief Justin said, I look like 19 years old. Praise God, okay? She knows the truth now. I'm, I'm 30 plus, okay? But again, I don't look like 30 plus. But that's not the topic. I'm losing sight of God's mission, okay? So we have a mission, right? God's mission for us is to make disciples. So that's why, look at this. We need to be reminded. We're going to focus on this passage. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, look at what the writer says. Let's read it together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So that's why the writer wrote this because even the Christians back then, they were experiencing the same thing. They know already about the mission, but they get sidetracked. Well, maybe for other people, they are called to make disciples, but not for me. Well, I'm too busy with so many things. Well, I'm not really into that thing. I will worship, I will serve God, but not into discipleship. Or in this case, they they were discouraged because they were being persecuted. So when you're being persecuted at school, with your family, of course, it will give you pressure or it will give you some reason. I'm not going to disciple anymore. I'm not going to prioritize God. But that's why the writer says, let us throw off everything that hinders, not necessarily sin, but it can be a hindrance, 
or a sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out before us. But let me clarify, what do you mean, Kuya Marty, when you say the race set or marked out before you? To summarize that, this is what it means. The race set before us, let's read this together. Number one is to what? Pursue Christ-likeness. Can you look at your seatmate and you ask, am I becoming more like Christ? Tingnan mo nga. Kung hindi mo kakilala, of course, hindi siya sasagot. I don't know, okay? Pero pagkakilala mo and he's just silent, and then I don't know, okay? You figure that out. The race set before us means, okay, I'm going to pursue Christ-likeness. I'm going to show Christ-like love. Great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love others as you love as God, as Jesus Christ loved us. And then fulfilling Christ's commission. That's it. That's the race. Paul understood that. Peter understood that. All the disciples understood that. That's why haven't you noticed that the message of Paul and the other writers was centered on the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ came here on earth. He's 100% God, 100% man. He died and he rose again. It's very repetitive. And even when they went to different parts of the world, that's their message. Preach the gospel, preach the good news, train them to become more like Christ, train them to love one another like Christ, and challenge them to tell others the same thing. That's the race that is set before us. But again, we get easily sidetracked. In the youth ministry, being serving in the youth ministry for almost or for 20 years now, I've seen a lot of young people passionate at first, and then the passion will die down. I know you have that in your ministry. At first, they were so excited. Wow, grabe si Lord, nakaka in love. And then they get discouraged. Kasi mas may pogi, lumapit, and then nawala na. Right? We get easily Side, or maganda, not just the girls, I'm not just ganging up on the girls, but also, guys, we get easily sidetracked. That's why the writer says, okay, since, do you know what, what's before this? What's, what's before Hebrews chapter 12? Hebrews chapter? Ano, ano? Malamang, magaling kayo magmathe. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11, it's the hall of faith. It talks about people who have that excellent or amazing faith in the Lord. And that's why the writer says, since we are surrounded by those people who have gone before us. And not just that, there are many people around us that are looking at us, let us throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles. And as we fulfill this race, let us run with perseverance. Now here's the thing, this is very tough. You know why this is very tough? I know you've heard the phrase, Christianity is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Yes, the Holy Spirit will empower us. I will be able to run this race. But here's the thing. It's still tough. You're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a hard time running this race. Is it easy to be patient? Let me ask you. Is it easy to be patient? Is it easy to be patient with your seatmate? <laughs> Sometimes. I don't know. Maybe for today. Is it easy to be patient falling in line if you want to buy Turks or Potato Corner when you're so hungry? And now they're saying, okay, Christ-likeness. Being patient is Christ-like. Is it easy to be kind to your seatmate? Is it easy to share to your seatmate? Do you know what? Yes, well, Christ-like. Okay. Showing Christ-like love. Is it easy to love one another? That's why this is, yes, I believe. With the Holy Spirit, when we are spirit-filled, we can do this. But we have a part to play. And that part is we are to persevere. 
You know, I realize a lot of Christians fail to understand that we are called to persevere. Can you tell your seatmate, you're going to have a hard time in life, but persevere. Go, go, go. Hindi madidiscourage yan kasi may next phrase, line na persevere. We are going to have a hard time in life. That's part of it. You know, you cannot remove that. Look at the Bible. Every single person that God used, they had a hard time. But they had strength from the Lord. That's why we are to persevere. So look at the challenges we are facing right now. Some of the challenges, this is not comprehensive, but I realize internally, and of course externally, this is what's happening with a lot of young people and even other people. They're facing these challenges. That's why they're sidetracked. For example, I've realized that there are people that being content with just being a churchgoer and serve every now and then. There are a lot of people like that. Being content with just being a churchgoer. Well, I attend church. I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I went to the conference already. I'm part of a small group already. I think I'm okay. I'll serve every now and then, but up to that point lang, Kuya Marty. I'm not gonna go over that. There are a lot of people like that. We call them the bench warmers. We call them the, the yung tambay ng church. Tambay ng church. But they just sit there and they don't do anything. They don't contribute. They are just there because they want to be fed. Please encourage me. I'm discouraged right now. She rejected me. Can you give me hope, pastor, that she will say yes eventually? So they're just being content with just being a churchgoer. Another challenge that we're facing is this. Distractions that slows us down. It was mentioned earlier. Dota. ROS. Right? Distractions. Not necessarily wrong. I'm not saying stop playing computer. I'm not saying that. They're not necessarily wrong, but they will be a distraction. I've, see, I've heard a lot of young people, some of my disciples, they, fail, they forget to spend time with the Lord or they forgot to read their Bible all because they sa ROS or sa Dota. Yan. Sino dyan yan? Okay? Or Korean novella can be a distraction. Because <laughs> puro nilang Dota, ROS. And seriously, Netflix can be a distraction. Did that ever happen in your life that you failed to read the Bible all because you watched for four hours last night just to finish the series? I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying stop watching those things. I'm not saying that. But distractions can slow us down in our relationship with God. Really. Here's another thing. I separated this, number three, because number three is also a distraction, but I want to separate this because here's what I realized. Number three is one of the top reasons why, why, why young people, they lose or they, they somehow don't grow in their relationship with God. What's number three? Tendency to prioritize romantic relationship over relationship with God. Boom! We na tayo. Really, huh? Again, 20 years of being in the youth ministry without fail. Every generation, every generation, may nawawala. Hindi na umaaten ng church, hindi na umaaten ng youth group, all because kuya ang guapo kasi niya. Seriously, seriously. 20 years of being in the youth ministry without fail. Every batch, every generation, I will hear stories of that one. I've heard of stories. There's this young lady. She was so active in the ministry. She was part of a small group. She's a potential leader. But then suddenly, someone courted her because the college na siya, someone courted her. E guapo yung guy, varsity, mabait. So she told her small group leader, Ate, 
there's this guy. Yan. Of course, the D group leader, small group leader, ask her. So uh, is is he a, is he a Christian? My usual question, right? And then sabi ng girl, madalilang yah nate. Madalilang eh, no? So she said to her small group leader, no, 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 I'll, I'm just group, group date naman kami and I'm gonna invite him to church. So he, she was able to invite him to church and then of course the guy attended regularly and naging part ng youth group but eventually when nung sinagot na niya yung guy, when she said yes to the guy, we noticed she wasn't attending anymore the youth service, the small group and I asked the D group leader, small group leader, what's happening to the girl? Eh, Pastor Marty, busy daw siya. So, eh, usually youth pastors, they're stalkers sa Facebook. So, it's tinok namin. Yung mga youth pastors yan, really. So, we stalk, we check. Ano ba nangyari? Ah, busy nga. Kasama yung guy. Going to the mall, watching movies, going out together. So, nawala. And then, after a few months, she, I saw her again in the youth service and she was crying. And then, I asked her, oh, what happened to you? You've been away for so long. What, what happened? Puya... I was wrong. I thought he's the one. Yan. Tas babalik kay Lord. Pag nasaktan, babalik. Pero si God nandyan lang lagi. That's why I separated this. Because this is, this is very serious. You know, the Jeremiah 17.9 is really true. Not just for the... You know what Jeremiah 17.9, the heart is deceitful above all things, right? And who can understand it? It's very true. Of course, the context of that passage is about kings. They were deceived because of their love for money, their love for power. But up to this point in time, people are easily deceived, especially when it comes to romantic relationship. It can slow us down. It can prevent us from growing in our relationship with the Lord. Number four is this, not wanting to be called a holy person. You know, I recently heard someone said, uh, this guy was telling his friends because they were attending also a youth group and somehow after attending a youth group, they will go out and they will get drunk, they will do crazy things, things that are not pleasing to the Lord. And this guy who's part of that group told the group, hey, why are you doing these things? Diba? We are, you know, we are called to follow the Lord and not get drunk and not do these things. And then one of the guys said to that guy who somehow rebuked them, he said, well, bro, I'm not that godly. I'm not that, I'm not holy. I'm just sakto lang. I'm just like this. And I, what breaks my heart is there are a lot of Christians who are like that today. They're the sakto lang Christians. I'm just like this. I just attend. I go to youth group. I'm not the sobrang passionate. I'm not saying that you raise your hands like this when you worship the Lord just to say that you're passionate for God. No, no, I'm not saying that. But when it comes to being Christ-like, what they say is, I'm not that holy. And then it bothers me because what did God say when someone, what did Jesus say when someone asked him, what is the greatest command? What did Jesus say? Love. What did Jesus say? You don't know the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with oh, all. So it means we are all called to be holy. All, meaning to say my total being, my life is for the Lord. Every single one of us shouldn't be afraid to be called godly. Shouldn't be afraid to be called holy. Because that's our calling. It just breaks my heart that there are a lot of people like that. 
They don't want to be associated with the, that's very holy, that's very godly. That's our calling. That's when it, what it means when, God, when Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all, your entire being. And here's another challenge that we're facing right now. Not willing to let go of many things. Sin. I'm not just talking relationship. Not just talking about relationship. It could be your love for the Cavaliers. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> right? It could be your love for other things. Your love for money. Your love for material possession. Your love for your own dreams. That this is my dream, Lord. If you don't give this to me, then I'm not going to be blessed. I'm not going to be happy in life. And some people are saying, Lord, I'm going to serve you once I achieve this. And it breaks my heart because they're prioritizing their own goals rather than God's mission for their life. That's why we get easily sidetracked. We lose focus with our mission in life. Just like this basketball player who got a rebound with 4.7 seconds. <laughs> and he thought they were leading. So he lost focus, okay? But let not, let's not get into that. So, here's our message for this afternoon as we close this conference. Let's read this together. One, two, three, go. Persevere and keep moving. My prayer is that this will be instilled in your heart. As you go out, you go back to your respective ministries, you will remember, okay, I was blessed with all of those messages, but please persevere with your race in life. Keep moving. Do not give up. If you're not yet making disciples, some of you are not yet making disciples, start moving. Maybe the message for you is not keep moving. Start moving and make disciples. Live out the mission that God has called for you to do. I like the message this morning because it was saying to us that, hey, even if you're a small guy just like David, even if your past is so wicked that you feel that God cannot use you, God can use anyone. Start moving. And once you're starting leading already, some of you, majority of you are leading already, persevere. Why? You will have a tough time. You will have disciples that will not reply. You will have disciples that will criticize you because when you give a de- devotion, he doesn't agree with you. You will have disciples who, are, who read the Bible many times and they want to be the leader instead of you. You will have like that. So persevere. And not just with discipleship, even with your walk with God, because again, there's so many temptations, so many things going around. You will get sidetracked. Wait, may bagong game ngayon. Let me try that. And then it's, I'm not saying you don't try it, but let me try that. And then you get so addicted and then you fail to fulfill God's mission in your life. What's our message again this afternoon? Persevere. Keep moving. Can you tell your seatmate, one, two, three, go. Persevere and keep moving. Okay, so what I want to teach you as we close this conference are five principles of running the race with endurance. Because what I want to leave to you, to all of us here, is not just to inspire you, but for you to be ready in life. For you to have that strength. For you to have that endurance. Just like any runner. They prepare. They have some guidelines. If you have, want to have a good body, you go to the gym, you have guidelines. If you want to win an NBA championship, there are guidelines, practices that you need to do, activities that you need to take, food that you need to eat. And, uh, and also, similarly, if we want to run, finish this race, I want to teach you five principles. This is not comprehensive, but this is what I realize about these principles. These principles I have seen 
And I have read in the life of those people that God mightily used in the Bible. Every single one of them, I realized they have these principles. They lived it out. So are you ready? Can you ask your seatmate, are you ready? So don't fall asleep, persevere, and keep moving, okay? So first one is this one. Be humble and broken. I want to start with this. And I love what our senior pastor did a few months ago because he mentioned to see the entire CCF leadership, this is our theme for this year. Brokenness. Humility. You know why I want to start with this? If you don't have humility and brokenness, the next four things, you're going to have a hard time doing it. In fact, you will have all sorts of reasons not to do the next four things, all because in your heart of hearts, you're not humble and you're not broken. Let's look at one of the characters that God mightily used in the Bible, David. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 21, let's read this together. David came to Saul, entered in his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Here's another passage. Now Jesse said to his son David, take this ephah of roasted grain, these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers, and hurry to their camp. Now why am I saying this? Look at what happened. Huh? First, David entered the service of Saul as a harp player, musician, and then as an armor bearer. And then Jesse, his dad, told David, can you bring this bread to your brother? Now let me ask you, when, was the, when did this happen? Before he was anointed by Samuel as king or after he was anointed? If you read that book, that specific chapter, chapter 16, this happened after he was anointed by Samuel. So you know the story. Samuel was crying, grieving because Saul re- God rejected Saul as the king of Israel. So God told Samuel, go to Jesse's place. I've chosen someone who is a man after my own heart. He went there. All the brothers of David was there except David. And God said, none of them, kahit matangkad yan, none of them. And then when David came there, he's the man, anoint him. So he knelt down, anointed him, and the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God came upon him. So imagine this, you're David, you were just anointed, I'm the next king. And then suddenly you got a call from Saul, from his servants, hey, you are to play here. You know, usually what, could, what, what should we do? The tendency is, wait, I'm not going to serve him, I'm, I'm the next king. Or you could tell your dad when, dad, when your dad tells you, can you take this roasted grain? Dad, you, you, you just forget I'm the next king. Gusto mo malaki yung tax mo na babayaran? Don't don't tell me to do this. You are to do that. No, but humility. Look at the story of David. He had the opportunity to king to kill King Saul, and what did he do? No, no, no. It's not for me to do that. He was not power or position hungry. He was humble. He was broken. But you know what I realized? One of our major problems, we are naturally selfish. Can you just admit to your seatmate, you know, I'm selfish, I'm sorry. We are naturally proud, selfish. You know, you know what? When I became a father, I realized that really every single person in this world is naturally selfish. This is the picture of my kids. So I have two wonderful kids. This is Noah and I. I always say to people, I'm so glad they look like my wife, but they act like me. So, but I don't know if that's a good thing. 
So, you know, when I became a father, I really realized that every single person in this world, they're very selfish, just like my kids. I haven't seen a baby that when you are so tired, they will stop crying and think to themselves, oh no, my mom is tired, I'm not gonna breast milk for today. I haven't seen any baby like that. When they're hungry, they will cry. When there's a poop, they will cry. When they want to get something, they will cry. Nobody, no baby will ever think, I will stop crying because my mommy's tired or my daddy's tired. He just spoke earlier. I'm just going to stop crying. I'm going to care for them. I haven't seen a baby that will start crawling to me because I'm tired and say, it's okay, daddy. It's okay. (laughs) Nobody would do that because they're naturally selfish. And just like all of us, that's our problem. But look at what I appreciate with David. He was broken. He realized that it's not about the position. Even if God doesn't give that position to me right away, I'm okay because my role here on earth is to serve my king. And look at what he wrote when he fell into immorality and when he confessed it to God and when God said, your son will not survive. That's what happened to him with him and Bathsheba. Look at what he said. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. He will not despise a broken heart before Him. Do you want God to not despise you? Kasama yung brokenness. So can you tell your seatmate, it's okay to have a broken heart? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just talking about relationally. Relationship. No, I'm not just talking about that. But seriously, okay? If your heart is broken, when I say broken, not yung heartbreak, ni-reject ka niya, may iba siyang gusto, na scene zone ka sa chat. I'm not talking about that. But what I'm talking about broken heart, it's Lord, my heart is crushed because I'm nothing. Listen to me here, listen to me here. I'm nothing without you. And that's why my heart is yours, Lord God. I am just a lowly slave, a servant. I don't have any rights and I'm just gonna serve you. That's what it means. And you know what God did to David? God honored him because God honors those who are humble. So it starts with that one. Be ho- humble and broken. When we start with that in our hearts, the next four things, I believe we'll be able to do it. But it starts with that. That's why a lot of couples, they don't want to be reconciled. When, you, when, when we do counseling with couples who are about to separate, married couples who are about to separate, you know what happens? It's pride that kicks in. The guy would say, no, it's her fault. The girl would say, no, it's his fault. Nobody would stop and say, okay, I need to be humble. Do you, know, do you want to know a secret? You want to resolve conflict? You'll be the first one to just shut it up instead of fighting. That's how you resolve initially a conflict. You know why conflicts are not resolved? Because nobody wants to, be, to back down. They always want to prove they're right. I'm right. Even in social media, be the, one to, to be the first one to stop. Okay, I'm not going to debate anymore. I'm not going to fight anymore. Humility. Be humble and broken. So here's number two. Number two is this. We seek the Lord. But again, you will not do that if you're not humble and broken. You need a broken heart because once you have a broken heart, you realize, Lord, my heart is crushed. Here are the pieces of my heart. You're the only one who can fill it and complete it. So I'm going to seek you. I'm going to go to you. You know, today we're very privileged to hear a testimony. 
This young lady has been part of the youth ministry before, but something happened to her. But somehow, along her journey, God allowed her to experience Him in a mighty way. And I want you to be blessed with the testimony of Miss Claire Chua. Can we all welcome Miss Claire Chua? It was just my mom and I. Despite the absence of my earthly father, God blessed me with a mom who made sure I was physically, emotionally, and spiritually healthy. As I grew up, I started to long for a father. And after two years of searching for answers, God blessed me with a stepfather who loved me like his own. Hello. For a moment there, I felt proud because my family felt complete. In high school, I felt comfortable. I had a complete family and a cool new set of friends, not only from school, but also from J-Zone, now called Elevate. Despite serving in school and in ministry, I knew deep down something was missing. I started entertaining the thought of being in love, thinking this would fill me. Entering high school, I got into a relationship with the same sex. In fourth year, I started smoking, drinking, and cutting classes. One night, I went out with my friends and got so intoxicated that I compromised my reputation by being drunk and wasted. A week after, my mom got a call from our principal saying that I was kicked out of school. Apparently, someone from my barcada took photos of me at a bar, drunk in my school uniform, and that was a no-no for the school I attended. Since my mom was my superhero, she made a way for me to get to college. I took it as a fresh start and was happy to be surrounded by people who didn't know my past. However, I kept drinking, smoking, and cutting classes. It was then that I also gave up my purity. At the age of 17, I got pregnant. Two months into the pregnancy, and I had to go Heritage abortion because of a miscarriage. At that point, the baby was too late to save. After the operation, I parted ways with my then-boyfriend without saying a word. I lost the baby and I was too ashamed to even talk about it. By God's grace, I graduated from college and again I thought I've moved on from my shameful past, but I only got worse. I was often drunk, and I slept with anyone whom I felt wanted to sleep with me. My friends hated me, people disrespected me, and called me names. I didn't care about my reputation because I no longer respected myself. I completely lost my identity. I eventually lost my job, my so-called friends, and I had a terrible relationship with my family. I isolated myself from the world. In July 2016, I decided to attend a singles retreat. In the retreat, I was reminded of God's redemption and unfailing love. It's like I've been reintroduced to Him again, even though I've known Him all my life. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The theme comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and live it to the full. 
I knew then that I've let this world take me from my Lord. I was down on my knees crying out to Him. How could I forget the God who did nothing but love me? He kept pursuing me grace after grace. He watched over me and He kept calling my name, asking me to come back to Him. I went home from the retreat forgiven, saved, and once again, I recommitted my life to Him, surrendering all that I have and allowing Him to take control of my life. I started attending D-Group again, and I served in big ministry. I thought it was the start of a new beginning, but then I was wrong. In January 2017, someone so dear to my heart attempted to commit suicide. I was devastated, I was angry, and so confused. I was down on my knees asking God, why? Why is He allowing me to be in so much pain again? I was so close to giving up. I was tempted to go back to my old ways, but God was faithful. He did not let me go. Where else do I turn to? I knew in my heart no doctor could perform miracles in one's life. I had to run back to the one who saves, the one who performs miracles, the one who keeps his covenants with those who love him and his commands. I knew God was the only answer, and with prayer and fasting, I had one request. God, let me fix my eyes on you. No matter how hard, no matter how painful, please let me hold on to you. Despite the difficulties I was facing, the Lord blessed me by surrounding me with sisters in Christ and with my big ministry family who earnestly prayed for and with me. Day after day, with continuous weeks of prayer and fasting, God fulfilled His promises. What seemed so impossible was possible to Him. My dear friend who attempted to commit suicide is alive and with no brain damage, no physical disabilities, and the best part of my journey is I experienced God's unfailing love firsthand as He performed a miracle in me through someone else's life. Indeed, all things work together for good to those who love God. Just last December, in Big 13 Persevere Retreat, I recommitted my life to the Lord. All I had to do from the start was to come to Him and say, Yes, I do, Jesus. I do commit my life to You. I surrender every bit of my being to You. I am Yours, Jesus, and You are mine. I am not perfect, and I am still a work in progress. After many months of continuous walk with God, He blessed me with three ladies to mentor, a ministry where I could apply my God-given talents, and He replaced my wicked self-centered heart to a servant God-pleasing heart. The Christian life is not easy. There will be difficulties along the way, but I am reminded of His assurance in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 3. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The road to his kingdom is definitely tough, but Jesus is worth it. I am Claire Chua, to God be all the glory. You know, that's what happened in her life. She experienced brokenness. She went to the Lord, sought the Lord, she encountered God, and God transformed her. 
And that can happen to us as well. But it starts again with humility. Look at this character in, in number two, seeking the Lord. Look at Joshua. Look what happened to him. In Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 2, another character that God mightily used. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. What an encouragement. Start palang ng letter. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelite. Of course, jo- Joshua was overwhelmed. This is a big task, Lord. Moses had a hard time leading these people, and now I'm going to lead them to the promised land, and those places where we are about to go to, there are people there. We have to fight them. And look at what, how, how God encouraged Joshua, be strong and what? Very courageous. Here's the catch. Here's your role, Joshua. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. You want to be successful in life? That's the secret. Look at the next verse. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Seeking the Lord. You know, there's this guy, his name is Gary McIntosh. He made a research of all the successful Christian churches in the U.S. And what he found out, very evident among all of them, is their leader, their senior pastor, is intimate with God. The leaders, even youth ministry that are very successful, the leadership are very intimate with the Lord. You know what I realized? Our intimacy with the Lord cradles our passion for Him. If our intimacy with the Lord stops your passion to serve Him, your passion to make disciples, it's going to stop. That's why never ever neglect that intimacy. That's why we started with that with Pastor Bong. When he spoke about the love of God, He is our Father. Let's be intimate with Him. He is holy. Let's be intimate with Him because He wants to be intimate with us. And with that intimacy, it will carry our mission, your mission, our purpose here on earth. What's our message again today? Persevere and keep Moving. Can you tell your seatmate? Para hindi matulog yan. One, two, three, go. Persevere. Gising ka na. And keep moving. Okay. Let's go to number three. So first is be humble and broken. Second is seek the Lord. If you want to persevere in life, you, you and I, we need to seek the Lord. Read God's Word. Spend time with Him. Here's number three. Once you seek the Lord, of course you need to align your plans to God. Do you know that there are people, they read the Bible, but they don't align their life to what God is saying there? That's crazy. Of course, you're not going to read that anymore because it doesn't make sense in your life. Align your plans to God. Not the reverse that you align God's plans to yours. Not that. Look at what happened to another character, Joseph. I'm just going to summarize that. This is what happened to Joseph. He was the favored son, right? He had the robe. He was very uh, favored by his father, Jacob. And then after that, nainggit, betrayed by his brothers, and then after that, what happened? Sold a slave. And then after that, when he was a slave, he gave his best, right? Because this is part of God's plan. He realized, okay, Lord, this is part of your plan. I'm just going to give my best. I don't like to be here. Imagine, he doesn't have an accountability group there, but still he was able to stand firm. You know what I realized? Once you're intimate with the Lord, even if you're alone, and there are many people in your office, in your, in your school, that they are not followers of Jesus, you can make a difference there. That's what happened to him. 
He's the only follower of God during that time, but still he was promoted as house manager because he gave his best. Lord, I'm going to serve you wherever you put me. And then he was falsely accused because he's And then there's this Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. And then eventually he was in prison. Nagalit si Potiphar. And then after that, he was the best prisoner. Prisoner of the week, the month, the year. He was promoted inside the jail. That can happen when you follow God. And then he was forgotten. Can you ask your seatmate, na feel mo na ba na nakalimutan ka? Oh, forgotten. Do you know that this, is, this was the lowest point of his life? Why? Because he was talking to the previous servants of the king. He interpreted their dream. And all, the only thing he said is, please remember me. And after two years, he was forgotten. Maybe at first year, it's okay. But the second year, how come they're not returning? They have forgotten me, but it's okay. I'm going to serve the Lord. It's okay. He stayed with that dignity, with his integrity. He followed God. He followed Yahweh. And as a result of that, he was promoted as prime minister. And when his father died, the brothers, you know the story already. I'm just going to summarize it. The brothers were scared. What is our brother going to do to us? He, we put him to, as a slave and then he was in prison. And look at what he said to them. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The perspective is like this. This was not my plan. If I am to be the one to decide, I don't want to be put to jail. I don't want to be a slave. This was not my plan. But wherever God leads me, I will align my plans to Him. Why? Let's read this together. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. We can plan any we want, but the Lord has the final say. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Do you know why I like this passage? I know some of you have heard me preach on this. But I really want to emphasize that because I realize we are so good in deceiving ourselves. Alam mo nangang mali, pipilitin mo sa, sa mind mo. Alam mo nangang masasaktang ka sa guy na yan or girl na yan, pipilitin mo maging tama. And then seriously, alam mo nangang hindi mag-work, pipilitin mo mag-work. We're so good in deceiving ourselves. We're so good in convincing ourselves and our leader that what we're doing is right. And that's why the writer of Proverbs says, we may seem, it may seem clean in our own sight, but the Lord knows our hearts. You know why we need to align our plans to God? Let's read this together. A lot of unnecessary pain could have been avoided if we just involved God during that season of your life. Who among you have gotten hurt already? Emotionally hurt? Yung iba, hindi nasaktan, teach us kung bakit hindi ka nasasaktan, okay? Hindi ka nagtatasak na eh. I mean, tingnan nyo na, a lot of unnecessary pain could have been avoided. Ang dami sa atin, we've experienced pain, pain, emotional pain in our life. All because we didn't include God. We didn't align our plans to the Lord. I remember before, but before that, let's read this. That's why, commit your works to the Lord and... Your plans will be established. You know that word established? It will be secure. Our plans is not that secure. We may think our plans work because we think we know what's going to happen, but God's plan, we don't see what's going to happen, but it will absolutely work. It will be established. I remember before when I was still single, a lot of you have seen this already, but for most of you, you haven't seen this. But before when I was still single, I had my own dreams, my plans to the Lord. 
I told God, Lord, I want to get married. Siyempre, lahat naman tayo. 99% of the people here, you want to get married. I want to get married. And I have some qualification, Lord. So I gave God qualification. Lord, I want to marry someone. First option, someone who's cute. Okay? Parang ganyan. Okay? Of course, during my time, wala pa siya noon. But someone who is cute. Parang ganyan itsura. But then, sabi ko kay Lord, Lord, uh, even if hindi cute, someone na medyo yung mukha niya, ang ganda talaga ng mukha. Okay? Pleasing face. Fresh yung face tingnan. So I, I told God, Lord, ito na yung second option, okay? Oh, sige, sige, Lord, I'm open, I'm open. If not cute, if not, ang ganda na mukha, kahit, even if it's il, il, foreigner, I'm okay, foreigner, I'm okay, foreigner, okay lang. Okay lang. Or okay lang, Lord, na parang model. Okay lang kahit parang model. Gagalit sa akin si Ben Simmons. Okay. So, but here's the thing, okay? If I forced what I want, okay? If I forced my own desire, I could have missed out the most, on the most beautiful woman that is for me. Yes, that's my wife. She's here. Kaya ako sinabihan kasi she's here. No, I'm just kidding. Seriously, if I forced on what I want, I could have missed out on God's best for my life. That's why I need to align, not just in the love life, but in every situation, in your career, in ministry, in finances, in your health. If we just align our plans to God, then you will realize at the end, it's established. It's absolutely secure. Look at this Proverbs. Let's read this together. There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. You don't want to go against God. You don't want to go against Him. It's crazy. And it breaks my heart to see young people go against the Lord. Because why will you go against God? It's not going to work. Number, that's why our message is persevere and keep moving. So first, be humble, broken. What's the second one? Seek the Lord. Keep on seeking. Guys, please, never stop spending time with the Lord daily. If not every day and every night. And then align your plans to Him. And number four, of course, you follow God's plan. Not just, okay, I'm aligning na. One thing is to align. Okay, Lord, I agree with what you say, but there's no follow-through, there's no obedience. A lot of people agree that we are to make disciples. But majority of those people who say we are to make disciples are not making disciples. You're not following God's plan. A lot of people agree that it's bad to watch pornography, but there's no follow-through. There's no commitment to pursue what God wants them to pursue, to fight the good fight, to run this race with perseverance. Look at another character that God mightily used, Noah. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 13 to 15, God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence. Because of them, I will surely, I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So what do you do? Make an ark. Do you know the scholars say, Noah was located 500 miles away from the nearest shore. So when God said there's going to be flood, I don't understand what flood means, Lord. But you are to make an ark. Uh, what do you mean by ark? So here's the guidelines. So this is how you are to build it. He gave a guidelines. It's not just the building of an ark. That's one thing. But here's another challenge. Let's read verse 19. One to three go. You are to bring into the ark Two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Kung ako si Noah, I would have told God, Lord, maybe you don't understand. Deer and lion, they don't, they're not very friendly. <laughs> to put them in the same ark, it's chaos. 
How am I going to do that? And another problem, Lord, how will I tame a lion? Hi! Come here! Ark! Ulan! How will I, how will I bring a giraffe? An elephant? A rhino? What if they eat me? Do you see the dilemma? If I'm Noah, I'm, that's going to be my question. But here's what's amazing about Noah. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. We don't know exactly what happened, but God allowed the animals to go there. Our role is to follow God's plan. But Lord, how do I know when I follow your plan, it's going to be the best? Just trust me. You know, that's the main difference. Eh? A lot of us, we don't really trust the Lord. Because if we trust the Lord, if He tells you to let go, you're going to let go. Amen, Bajan. If you trust the Lord, if He tells you to lead, you can do it. Don't be scared. Just try it. You're going to try it. If He tells you, oh, you share the gospel to your classmate because that guy doesn't know the Lord, but he's a bully. I, go, I want him to go to hell. We don't trust the Lord. That's the problem. That's why we need to follow through. Follow God's path. Let's read this together. Most of God's greatest works in our life happen when we obey. No, seriously. I've seen this many times. Most of God's greatest works in your life and in my life happen when we obey. And the opposite is true. Most of the blessings that we miss in life happen when we don't, we don't obey God. What's my proof? Look at the Israelites. After going out of, the, of Egypt, over 2 million of them, after 40 days or 2 years in the desert, 2 years in the desert, they were about to go to the promised land. And here's, here are the 12 spies. They saw the promised land. Joshua and Caleb, they said, this is it. We will win this. We can do this. What did the 10 other spies say? No, we're too small. Let's just go back to Egypt. Then majority of the people tried to stone to death Moses and Aaron. They wanted to go back and choose another leader. And then what did God say to the Israelites? None of you, except Joshua and Caleb, will enter the promised land. God's plan for them was to enter the promised land. That was the blessing. But since they didn't obey, they missed out on the blessing. You know, guys, I don't want you to miss out on the blessing. I've said this also to our young people. I told them, you want God's best for your life. Let's say romantically. You want God's best for your life. Do you know that there's a chance for you to miss out on God's best if you are disobedient? Seriously. I've seen that happen in people that they married someone and then they realize this is not the one that I want for my life. Ayoko, we don't want that that will happen to you as well. Not just romantic blessing, not just financial blessing, but every kind of blessing that God has for you, it's going to happen if you obey Him. What's our message again today? Persevere and keep moving. Tell your seatmate again. One, two, three, go. Persevere and keep moving. So what's the first one? Be humble. It starts with that. Be humble. Be broken. And what's the second one? Okay, I'm going to seek the Lord. I cannot do this. What's the third one? I'm going to align my plans because now I realize this is what God wants. But it's not just aligning. What's the fourth one? I'm going to follow this. I'm going to back it up with obedience because this is what God wants. And as you do it, here's, here's the promise. As you do it, you're going to get tired, really. That's not a good encouragement, right? But it's going to happen. As you do it, you're going to be discouraged sometimes. 
there will be difficult people in your life. You will look for the blessing, but it seems like the blessing is not there. So what do you do? That's why number five is here. You look to Jesus. You focus on Him. Here's another character we're going to look at. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Look at what happened to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Holy, you are mine, Jeremiah. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I want you to preach there. I want you to tell them, to warn them that they're doing something wrong and evil. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. He was young. But God called him. We are all young here. Yes, nakikiwi. But you, majority of you are young here. And God wants to use us. And look at what happened. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command. I am with you. Wow, ang ganda. Ang ganda ng promise. Ang ganda. At first part, wow, thank you, Lord. You've called me. You've chosen me. I'm young, but you want to use me. Thank you. But look at the last part of the calling of Jeremiah. Verse 8. Uh, before that, look at that. Do not be afraid of them. I am with you. I will rescue you. Okay, Lord, I'm not going to be afraid. Look at verse 17. Get yourself ready. The last part of the calling. So the first part was an encouragement. I am with you. Just speak to them. It seems good, right? Wow, okay. I'm going to respond to that call. But then Jeremiah, God said, Get yourself ready, Jeremiah. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. Just don't be scared. But get yourself ready. Why? Let's read this together. Today, I have made you a fortified city. You will be strong, Jeremiah. An iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land. Against the kings, against officials, priests, people of the land. You know what God was telling Jeremiah? Jeremiah, your ministry is not going to be successful in your own eyes because all of them will be against you. Do you know that when Jeremiah preached, no one listened? They were all angry at him. They even persecuted him. Now let me ask you, if God tells you, you share the gospel to this campus, pero walang tatanggap kay Lord. You go here. You go to that school. You make disciples, but they will all make fun of you. They will laugh at you. Will you do that? Will you be part of a ministry that you know it's not going to be humanly successful? Look at what Jeremiah did. He stayed. If you read the entire book, he stayed there. He still told them about what God was telling him to tell them. Nobody listened, but he kept on telling them. And here's the bad thing, pa. He kept on telling them they were persecuting him, putting him on cistern. He was crying. That's why the book of Lamentations was written, because he was crying out to God, Lord, you've called me. And yes, I know you prepared me, but this is just too hard. But what made him stay and persevere? Why continue? Why stay the course? Why persevere and keep moving? One of my favorite books recently is the book of Lamentation. This is the key to the heart of Jeremiah. Let's read Lamentations chapter 3, verse 1. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. So he experienced persecution. He experienced discipline. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. You see what's happening to Jeremiah? I was praying to God and it seems like he's not listening. Have you ever felt that same thing? 
You're praying to the Lord, why aren't you listening? It's not working. I don't know what's going on. My parents are still in conflict. My family is still in debt. I want to serve you, but I'm having a hard time because of the people there. Why aren't you listening, Lord? And then look at this. I became the laughing stock of all my people. They mocked me in a song all day long, but it didn't end here. The central passage of Lamentations is in verse 20. But I will remember them and my soul's downcast is within me. But look at verse 21. Yet, let's read this together. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Why do you have hope, Jeremiah? Why are you staying in this course? Let's read this together, guys. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And look at the next part. I said to myself, the Lord is my portion. Do you know that word portion? It means, God, you are my inheritance. You are my ultimate reward. It's not the success of the ministry. It's not how many disciples I will have. It's not if all my classmates come to know you as their Lord and Savior. It's not that if I have much money or much success in my career. My only inheritance and reward and my portion, God, is you. Therefore, I will wait on you. Because you are the ultimate blessing. Persevere and keep moving. That's why in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 12, let's run with perseverance the race marked out before us. Look at verse 2. Let's read this together. We're about to close. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of, guys, of God. Fix your eyes on the Lord. Let's have a recap. What are the five principles? Be humble and broken. Seek the Lord. Align your plans to God. Follow God's plan. Look to Jesus. Can you tell your seatmate again what our message is? Persevere. I'm going to end with this story. You know, when I became a full-time worker almost 10 years ago, I said to myself, Lord, I just want to serve you wherever you put me. I was a song leader before in, in, in here at CCF. And then eventually I, be, I became part of the youth ministry. And I really enjoyed being part of the youth ministry. By 2011 the, the, or 2010, our youth pastor moved to another country. I think that was 2009 or 2010. He moved to an, uh, another country. He served there. And I was left with another pastor leading the youth ministry. And by, this is the picture back then. Let me show you. 2000, so only a few full-time workers back then. That was 2011. I was still serving the Lord. Of course, there were challenges but 2011 was the toughest year in my life, personal life, and in the ministry as well for me. It was the toughest year because, of course, it was first half of the year, it was good because that was the year I got married. But it doesn't mean that the reason why it's tough because I got married, no. It was a blessing first half of the year. We were planning for the wedding. I got married June. But that same year, I was serving the Lord. I was full-time already. That same year was the year my dad got cancer. After I got married, 
by August, we found out that my dad had stage four cancer. And then after one month, he passed away. That same year, it was November, my second mom, the one who took care of me, parang yaya in Tagalog, the one who take, took care of me when I was still a baby and when I grew up, also got a heart attack. Or in the heart attack, parang stroke, stroke. And then after a few days, she passed away, November. Also that same year, I was already, I think I was somehow leading the ministry already, but somehow the leadership decided, you're not going to be the leader, Muna. I was already the leader, okay? I was the youth coordinator, and then the leadership decided, oh, Marty, you, you won't be the youth coordinator. Someone else will be the youth coordinator. It was a blow in my pride. Of course, I was angry at God. It was tough. My dad passed away. My second mom passed away. And in the ministry, it's like I was pulled down, humbled. Because I did something that was, was not, uh, the, the leadership was not that pleased. So, okay. I said yes, okay, humble, but it was really heartbreaking. I still continued serving, serving the ministry. But you know, that year, I was tempted to quit, to give up. I was tempted to leave CCF. Someone was offering me to be a pastor in the U.S. So I said, wow, U.S., dollars to. But after much evaluation, 2012, I said no. I said, you know, that's not... That's not my heart's desire. Manunosbid din ako, okay? Mahirap mag-English. Dito na lang, pwede mag-Taglish. No, and that's not the reason. But my heart is really for young people in the Philippines. So sabi ko, no, that's not where God is calling me. So I continued. So eventually, can you show the picture? Eventually, um, yeah, naging ganyan na kami. Ganyan pa rin. That's not that many, but we still stayed. We were a family. Nadagdagan kami na wala rin ibang full-time workers. Payat days pa rin. And then eventually, yan, CDO. Where are the people from Cagayan de Oro here? So we went to Cagayan de Oro. Yeah, my God's case, that was 2013, right? Yeah, 2013, we went there. And then 2014, na wala ng budget, MMRC kami. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So we went to MMRC. God increased continually, blessed the ministry, more full-time workers, more campus missionaries. And then last year, yan, medyo may budget. So Baguio kami niyan. Around 150 people, lay volunteers, campus missionaries, youth pastors, and staff of Elevate the Youth Ministry. And now we were able to do something like this for you guys. Sabi ko sarili ko, Lord, if I gave up, I wouldn't have seen your work. I know the race is hard. It's difficult. It was difficult for me. And you know that picture? A lot of them experienced brokenness as well. One of our youth pastors, one of your youth coordinators, her daughter died, or his daughter died. And then he wanted to give up the ministry as well. But you know, somehow God touched his heart. He stayed. And a lot of them experienced brokenness, not just with the family, not just with death, some with sickness, some with conflict with one another, some may conflict with their supervisors, with their pastor. Some of them, hirap na hirap na sa ministry, gusto na rin give up. And I know it's not just them, but a lot of us are facing the same thing, only in a different degree. But that's why this message, as I close, is about perseverance. Because we're, we're going to have a lot of challenges. But please, don't give up. Keep on going. God is with you. Align your plans to Him. Always spend time with Him 
Make Him your ultimate reward. And at the end of the day, you will see the crown that He has in store for you and for me. So here's what we're going to do as we close. Can you all stand up? I want to pray for you. We're going to sing some songs in a while. I know you got a glow sticks. So I want you now to break it. Make it light. Sana maglight yung awit. Can we dim the lights? And I want us, want us to make a commitment. I know we've made a lot of commitments. We made a lot of commitments already. But let me explain why we're doing this. Okay, just listen to me here. Listen to me here. Don't talk to your seatmates yet. Don't talk to your seatmates. Right. Here's the reason why this is our activity. I hope you will be able to remember this. Okay, listen to me here, listen to me here. Why? Why is this our activity? Listen to me here. This is the reason why this is the activity as we close. As we go on in our race and finish the task that God has for us, listen to me here. You and I will experience brokenness. God breaks His people to shine better for Him. And that's why persevere. If you are committed to persevere, one part of perseverance for those who are not yet leading a small group, my challenge to you, will you make this commitment to persevere and start leading your own small group? If you're that, can you raise that, your, your glow sticks? I'm committed. I'm committed. Now, if you're a leader already and you're not yet multiplying, may, what I mean is your disciples are not yet leading, can you raise your glow stick and say, I will, I will disciple my disciples. They, were, they will start leading this year. And finally, for all of us here, or not finally, another thing, if some of you are being called by God, some of you are called by God to go full-time. This is close to my heart. A campus missionary, a youth pastor. Please, can you just, can you just raise your glow sticks seriously to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be a pastor one day. I want to be a missionary. I want, to, I want you to send me abroad, wherever, Lord. I'm going to follow you. Please, can you just raise your hands? And finally, okay, put, back, put, put down your glow sticks. Last, if you are committed to live a set-apart life, holy for Him alone. And Lord, this is it. For the rest of my life, my, my, my entire life is yours. I'm set apart for you. I'm going to fulfill your mission. Christ-likeness, Christ-like love. Fulfill your mission. I'm going to be set apart for you. Can you raise your glow sticks? And I'm going to pray for you. Okay, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you see these hands. You see, Lord God, this light. Lord, we want to shine for you. We believe, Lord God, that you are with us. And yes, Lord, as we have heard from the messages, as we have heard also from the stories in the Bible, they were all committed to you. They also experienced trials. They were broken. They experienced pain, but they stayed. They persevered. They kept moving. And I pray that all of us will also do the same thing. Lord, that we will persevere no matter what. That we will run the race no matter what. That we will finish this task, Lord, for every single one of us here. That we will finish and hear from you. Well done, 
good and faithful servant. Lord, our life is yours. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Worship our God.